The Fantasy Focus Football Podcast is presented by GEICO. Whether you rent or own, GEICO makes it easy to bundle home and auto insurance. Go to GEICO.com today. Fantasy, you're in the whole 60110. Matthew Berry here on the Fantasy Focus 06010. No field yet, still enjoying his honeymoon, his first honeymoon. He's actually taking two with a lovely Chapin Yates and Stefania Bell boondoggling in Las Vegas. That means to my left, Mike Clay. Hi, Mike. Hey, good to be here. Uh, good to have you here. Thanks so much for stopping by. We have so much to get to on today's show. So coming up today on the show, so I went to the NFLPA rookie premiere about month and a half ago and got some insight. Mike, you do all of our projections. Mm-hmm. You're our dynasty guy as well. So we're going to talk about all the rookies, any rookie that you care about. Basically, we're going to talk about basically how you can value them for this year. And for those of you that are in dynasty or keeper league. So we're going to do a deep dive on rookies in today's podcast. And no one better to do that than Mike Clay. We also have two huge announcements Coming up today on the show, so we will get to those in one second. But I just I have a quick quiz for you, Mike Clay, if you might, Uh-oh. if you play along with me. I'm just I'm going to list off a couple of things, and I just I want to see if you can figure this out. I want to see if you can put this together. Okay, no pressure. What does what does the Adam Schefter podcast, the Rosillo podcast, the Mina Kimes podcast, and Woj's podcast have in common? They all have two things in common. I know this. Okay, terrible producer. That is correct, but the same terrible producer, correct? Yes, it's the same. The same person. terrible yes. producer. Do you know who that same terrible producer is? Uh, David Dopp, something. It is Dave. Daniel Dopp. That's it is it. Daniel Dopp is Dopp. the producer yes. of all those podcasts. You know what close. else those podcasts have in common, Mike? What's that? None of them are fantasy focus. None of them are the O six O one O. They are all, so you're like, where has been Daniel Dopp? People maybe watched the fantasy show on ESPN Plus. We did an episode like two weeks ago. Where was Daniel Dopp? Because I saw mm-hmm. a bear. I was, I was there. You were in the episode. We had the bear of bad news. He was in the episode. Where was Daniel Dopp? He was in Jacksonville with Adam Schefter, and then he was in Seattle with Mina Kimes, and then he was in Long Beach with Rosillo, and then he's been here with Woj, and he's basically doing every single thing he can to not work on the fantasy focus. Now you're like, well, who's producing today's show? Who is producing today's show? Daniel Dopp. Sort of. Because he's, <laughs> I mean, he's back there. You see him there. But Daniel, just real quickly, we started the podcast at 2 o'clock. At what point did you give me the show producer note? Uh, I believe it was 2.10. Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's not what a producer does, Mike. A producer does it the day before. Hey, here's the topics we want to cover. Anything you want to discuss. Anything you need from me. Okay, so the corpse of Daniel yeah, Dopp is producing the show. The corpse of Daniel Dopp is producing this show. You know, like... Secret squirrel? It's like slutty squirrel. How about that? Like, that's right. You're out and about. Like, how about, how about coming home? How about coming home to mama every once in a while? You're out and about. You're catting around. You're like a, you're, you're a podcast whore is what you are. Listen, Matthew. Committing adultery. I understand that I have been. I've met a number of fantasy focused fans while I'm out on the road. And a lot of them have great things to say about you, things I would never mention here on this podcast. Uh, but they are very excited about the podcast this year, very excited about the TV show. But the truth is, I'm just here so I won't get fined. Rewind. Fantasy news from the National Football League. This is the instant replay. We all are, Daniel. We all are. I am absolutely here, so I won't get fined. The nice thing, however, 
um, is that this show isn't being taped. I mean, it isn't being videotaped, right? Mm-hmm. It is a, it is, uh, it's being post produced, if you will. And what happens is when you post produce something, if I were to say like fucking Daniel, like if I just said something like that, he has to then spend more time on the show. He's going to, when we're done, he's going to have to go and bleep that. That's true. So, so the only way it seems like because he's so busy with Mina and Rosillo and Woj and, and Shefty and, and probably six of the podcasts that I'm not aware of. Um, he's so busy with all those that the only way that I can make him spend any time on the 06010 is to say stuff like fucking A or can you get your shit together? Like that's literally the only way I can get him. To pay attention to the show. literally taking notes right now of when you're cursing. So it's he okay. Hey, l- listen. I was only here until 3.30 in the morning last night. I'll only be here until 3.30 in the morning again. Whatever it is that we can do to make my day longer, I'm I'm fully on board with that. Listen, Good. I'm, I'm just glad I'm not the target here. You are. So. I, I appreciate that, Mike. <laughs> Good. How long have you been working on the Fantasy Focus 06010? I mean, working is a strong word and sure. always has been, but I guess like four years. Four years. How long have you been working on the Woj pod? Well, about four hours there, total. There you go. And by the way, Woj is awesome. Oh, Woj, Woj is, is a great. rock star. He is mm-hmm. absolutely crushing it. We should absolutely have a podcast. The, the Woj podcast should have the best of the business. I just don't understand why they put him with you. I'll tell like, you why. Yeah. You want to know why, Matthew? Why Here's this. And I'm, I, I'm not saying that you need to take some take some hints on this, but mm. yesterday Woj started. Yeah. His Instagram had mm. 700,000 followers. Yeah. By the end of the day yesterday... He had 975,000, almost a quarter million Instagram followers in a single day. That's right. That's because Woj is a rock star. Woj is a rock star. Woj has an entire ESPN social media team behind him. That's you know accurate. What I've, got? I've got Kyle. Who's That's that? what I've got. I've got Thirsty Kyle, who every oh, once in a while Thirsty says Kyle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So let's not talk about and that. And me. You've one got me, too. Don't forget that. I don't that. even have you. That's that's my whole point, is I don't actually have you. you like the one guy I was supposed to have, and you're nowhere to be found. Matthew, my heart is always yours. Yeah, I don't want to hear it. Um, uh, a sp- And I cannot wait to berate you more in your hometown of Detroit City, because that's one of the first things we have to announce. And I promise you, Mike Clay and I are going to get to a ton of stuff uh, coming up. Uh, which is, but the, we have the, one big announcement, right? Which is that we are on the road once again. We are headed to Detroit. Wait, home what? Of the Lions. We are headed mm-hmm. to Detroit, home of the Lions, Tuesday, July 30th. Uh, we will be, the fantasy focus will be at St. Andrew's Hall. <gasps> Doors at 6.30, show at 7.30. You're going to get food. You're going to get swag. You're going to get to meet all of us. Now, here's what you need to know, because people are going to be wondering, how do I get tickets? How do I come see you guys? How do I get to see Daniel Dopp get berated in public, humiliated in his own hometown? Here's what you do. Wednesday, July 3rd at 10 a.m. Eastern. Once again, Wednesday, July 3rd, 10 a.m. Eastern. You're going to go to LiveNation.com. You're going to go to Ticketmaster.com, or you're going to go to StAndrewsDetroit.com. Any of those three places, you can get tickets to the Fantasy Focus 0600 Live Show, July 30th in Detroit. Correct? Yes. Is this real? We're really doing a live podcast in Detroit? We're really doing a live podcast in Detroit. You'll probably be with Mina Kimes in like Seattle or something like that. <laughs> I'm with Mina the week before. I'll yeah, be with you, you that go. week. That makes sense. This is that. my first live show. Oh, are you coming? Are you coming? I'm go. told to there be. You I go. was told to be there. I was there told you to go. show. I don't know Excellent. if I'm. I don't know if I'm allowed on the stage, but I was told to go. You are not. Do it's I a, have I'm to not. come? If Mike you goes? do have to go, yes, Matthew. Sorry. <laughs> All right. Fine. <laughs> Apparently, I will be there. Mike will be there. Field will be there. Maybe Stefania will be there. Stefania's coming. I have no idea what she's doing, yeah, and let's be honest. My guess is Stefania's going to be there and Secret Squirrel. 
Uh, so that's great. So please come out uh, Tuesday, July 30th uh, to uh, St. Andrew's Hall in Detroit. Again, tickets on sale Wednesday, July 30th at 10 a.m. Eastern. Okay. Now, this is actually very important here, Mike. This mm-hmm. is actually very, very important. Uh, we have some V Foundation auction items up for grabs. Now, I will say this. Woj is awesome, right? Shefty's awesome. Actually, Mina Kimes and Rosillo are both awesome. Like, I really like all those, uh, all those people. I like them as people. I like them as talent for us. They're all super talented. Um, and they're among the many talented people here at ESPN. But I think, bar none, without a question, the best thing this company does year in, year out is raise money for cancer research through the V Foundation. Right. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things we do is, uh, there's always kind of SB week. It's coming up and they auction off a number of experiences, things that you can't buy off the shelf. It's this week. What? It is this week. It has already started. It runs through July 10th. Runs through July 10th. So that is important. If you go to where, where are we going, Daniel Dopp? If somebody wants to bid on any of the experiences, any of the experiences, you go to Google, you type in ESPN SB auction and it will take you to the eBay page, which does not have a very clean landing spot. However, really easy to get to if you just type that in on Google, ESPN SB auction. There you go. So you're going to just Google that. But if you go to eBay and you search for ESPN, um, eBay.com, uh, honestly, if you go to vfoundation.org, Right. It's probably there's probably some links there, too, or you can go to your old friend, Google, whatever you have to find it. But it's worth taking the extra uh, the extra time here to search for it. And I promise we're getting to football here in a minute here. So we got four packages, Mike, and I want yes. you to tell me which one you would bid on. So uh, first off is there's a fantasy focus package. You sit on a taping of the podcast here with all of us. You can sit on a taping of the fantasy show with me and maybe Daniel if he's not doing one of his live podcasts somewhere. You can actually play in a fantasy league with Stefania Bell and Daniel Dopp. Mm-hmm. That'll be interesting. Yes. And you'll get to watch an NFL Thursday football game with all of us, with you and me and Field and Stefania and Secret Squirrel. Yeah. So come and hang out with us and you'll bring a buddy uh, or whoever you want, husband, wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, your boss, your friend, your coworker, however you want. It's your choice. You and a uh, friend uh, will join us uh, to watch a game at a local bar. Uh, and Thursday night. So that'll be fun. That's a, that's a whole day. Mm-hmm. That's a whole thing. You're going to play in a league with, uh, Daniel Stefania, sit on a taping of my show, of the podcast, and watch a game with us. Right oh, now, like. just so you know, currently that package is at $1,025 after about a day and a half. Which is nothing. That's yeah, nothing. It's yeah. all In comparison to everything else, yeah, tax deductible also goes to a great cause. 100% mm-hmm. of proceeds go to fighting cancer research. Mm-hmm. Okay. Nope, that's still incorrect. We're never fighting cancer research. We are fighting cancer. We are that's supporting cancer research. That's a good heads up. That's correct. That's correct. We're fighting cancer. We are pro-cancer research. We are anti-cancer. Yes, correct. That is an important catch yes. there, Secret Nice job. Well done. That's a, that's important. That's why you're here. Yeah, you're that's why you're here. For, for, you finally did something positive. <laughs> that's important. All right. Uh, very good job there. All right. Uh, second thing that's up for grabs. The Fantasy Football Summit. We always yes. talk about it every year. Mike, you are one of the stars of the summit. Love this. You always, yeah. you, uh, you, you present your projections there and everything like that. And they do, and it's like, it's not just me and you. It's not just Field and Stefania. It's not just the bearded weirdo over there. No, no. Like you get, like we get like Shefty's there and Lewis Riddick comes in and like it's, it's the, it's the cream of the crop of ESPN of not just Mm -hmm. the fantasy department, but all the ESPN NFL analysts and just everyone comes. It's an awesome two day nerding out in the best possible way of, uh, of discussing everything. You get to come with that. You get to have lunch with me where I promise we won't just talk about Daniel. 
Uh, you can ask me anything you want. You get to get to watch a live taping of either the fantasy show or the podcast, and you get a behind-the-scenes tour of ESPN. Right. So it's pretty good. Pretty good experience there. That's good. You're like, hey, so, what else is there? Yeah. I'm like, because I'm like, ah, I got These are my, both A packages. Those like are all a, a packages. Here's another one. This is We did this last year, which is amazing, right? You and your league, up to a 12-team league, so you and 11 of your buddies can come to ESPN and hold your draft here at ESPN HQ, wow. the worldwide leader in sports. And you're like, that's pretty cool. And I'm like, oh, no, I'm not done yet. Because, by the way, you know who's going to be your uh, your sticker? <laughs> Me. That's right. <laughs> I'm going to be your sticker. That's right. I will do the stickers. We will be hosting that. So you'll be there, Mike. Stefan, you'll be there. Field, Daniel Dopp, me. Like, like we're going to have enough people there that literally we could cater to your every whim. Yeah, we like, we got a, one, one expert could, per person. I could do snacks or something. Right. right? We can, oh, yeah. We Daniel will be in an apron. He'll be serving drinks. Um, so it'll be a great time. Uh, come have your draft here. I will tell you that the people that did the draft last year had an amazing, amazing time. They've sent us many pictures. They had their best season. It is just an absolute blast. Um, and you know, we'll have food and the whole thing. It'll be great. That's going to be a party. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We'll take tons of pictures. And of course, you also get a tour Mm -hmm. of ESPN. And you think, wow, how are you going to top any of that? Those are all great, great packages. Well, let me tell you something. I think that's all chump change compared to this one. Listen, to me, I, this I is might my, bid on this one. This, this is one is one. really cool. This one is, I think, very, very cool. So, you know, we got my uh, my show over there on the ESPN Plus fantasy show, right? I've heard of it. Right. And so if you've seen it or you've seen some clips, you know that we have some fun. We've got puppets. We've got a talking robot, the whole thing. So here's the thing. You get to appear on camera with me on the fantasy show, right? So we're gonna, we'll are gonna we do a sketch. We'll interview, something like that. We'll figure it out. Once we talk to you, figure out what your interests are. But you will get to appear on camera with me. You'll get to be on the show. You're 15 minutes of fame. And you're like, wow, that's pretty amazing. Guess what? 15 <laughs> minutes isn't up yet. Because you know what we're going to do? In addition to that, we're going to make a puppet out of your likeness. That's what I want. Yeah. There will be, like, <laughs> if you won this this phrase, Mike Clay, you would actually be on the show. Mm-hmm. And then we would have a Mike Clay puppet that we would then use on the show See, I'm after on, you've gone. I'm on the show. I have to do all the work, but I don't even get my own puppet. That's correct. This Here's a chance for you to get, get your puppet. own puppet. <laughs> That's right. So um, a puppet in your likeness named after you that we use on the show uh, is pretty amazing. You can't. That's amazing. I love it. Yeah. That. I mean, like, I think that's. That's the best one. Like, it's it's your chance to be immortal in felt. Mm-hmm. Get better than that. You also get a tour of so ESPN. You got A, 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 and A+. Plus. There These you go. Great. You can't be in Perfect. great packages. All right, Michael. So let's move on now to uh, to rookies. Um, I know that was long. We had a lot to get through. Appreciate your patience. Here we go. Josh Jacobs. So here's what we're doing. We're talking. We're, I'm going to talk um, uh, real quickly. I will tell you. I'll start off. Here's how we're going to do it. I will tell you what the you and I's ranks are, and mm-hmm. our ranks are for redraft. And so then, and then I'm going to ask your just opinion very quickly on redraft and then dynasty. Um, and uh, we're doing this in order of your dynasty ranks. Yes, we're doing this in order of our, your dynasty ranks. So your number one rookie in dynasty this year. Is Josh Jacobs of the Oakland Raiders for redraft, meaning you, you throw him back at the end of the year. You currently have him at running back 17. I currently have him at running back 10. His ADP on ESPN.com is running back 16. Am I too high on this guy? 
Uh, I don't, I don't think so after we just, of course right. you interviewed him in New York just a couple days ago. I've moved him up to 15th since that point. Oh, so wow. that okay. interview made some noise. Uh, you know, he said some very important things and nothing that's too much, you know, that's brand new necessarily, but certainly uh, as the off season goes on, these things become more and more important. And essentially he repeated and, uh, you know, pointed out that they want him to win rookie of the year. He's, he's the number one. He stepped right onto that field as the number one running back. He's going to be the feature back. It's not Doug Martin. You're, I'm sure we'll see a little bit of Doug Martin as we did early last season when Marshawn Lynch was there. And of course, Jalen, a little Richard, bit of Jalen Richard, Jalen yeah. Richard will play, uh, uh, quite a bit as the change of pace back. I would, I would expect he's been super efficient since he's been in the league, but. Again, it's going to be the Josh Jacobs show, and there's a reason for that. He was a first-round pick. He could catch the ball. He could run. He has enough size to run between the tackles. He could check every box, much like I, I, maybe this is a little much, but he could check every box like Saquon Barkley in terms of getting the ball at the goal line, catching a lot of footballs. He could do all those kind of things, uh, maybe not to that extent, but enough that he can be a top-10 fantasy running back out of the gate. And Matthew, that has been the case for recent first-round running backs. They've been able to be RB1s more than half of the time over the past five or six years. So, uh, yeah, I'm feeling a little bit op- more optimistic about him after hearing that interview. Yeah, I mean, and one of the things that he said in the interview is that they talked about the fact that they're using him all over the place in addition to, obviously, all the mm-hmm. run stuff. Like, they're using him in pass packages. He's like, I was lining up outside. I'm lining up in the slot. A lot of people don't know this, but Josh Jacobs, believe it or not, his senior year of high school was the starting quarterback for his team. Now, they mostly ran Wildcat, but still, the fact of the matter is, is like, Josh Jacobs can throw the ball. And so I asked him on stage, I said, like, we going to, um, uh, you know, does Coach Gruden know this, that you played quarterback in high school, that, you know, do we have any Wildcat packages, uh, you know, you know, does he know this? And he's like, oh, yeah, way ahead of you. They, he talked about they've already practiced, there's already, there's already a package installed that has Josh Jacobs under center and, you know, um, from a Wildcat position. So it just goes to show, like, John Gruden, I believe the stat that we have, Thirsty Kyle told me if I'm wrong or not, but I believe the average number of touches – or is it touches or carries for a John Gruden running back? Thirsty Kyle? We're right now we're thinking it's touches. Touches. We're thinking very definitively. Okay. So it's 200. I think the average is 257 touches for a John Gruden RB1 in his 12 years uh, as a head coach in the NFL. And obviously, you know, that was a while ago. So the game is a little bit mm-hmm. different. So the fact that Jacobs is, is such a uh, such a good pass catcher. I think the volume is going to be great. So he's your number one dynasty rank. Both you and I have him as a top 15 running back in redraft leagues. Uh, believe the hype on him. Let's move on now to a first. You, we don't often see the Patriots reach for a, run, a wide receiver, but we also don't often see them reach for a running back in the first round. They did that last year with Sony Michelle, and that worked out for mm-hmm. anyone that drafted him. And it seems like you're saying the same thing here for Nikhil Harry, who comes in at number two in your dynasty ranks. You certainly like his upside. You and I both have him as wide receiver 43 mm. in redraft leagues. We both like him as wide receiver four slash five with some upside. Yeah, no doubt. And I think the key here is opportunity, right? He steps into this Patriots offense uh, that I lost Rob Gronkowski as huge question marks at the wide receiver position. Who knows if Demarius Thomas, who they also brought in, will make an impact after tearing his Achilles last season. But you have Julian Edelman. Again, you don't have a, a clear target hog at the tight end position, at least till Ben Watson comes back and you know that he's capped at, at his age. But we're talking about you know, Philip Dorsett as, as maybe his primary competition competition for the number two job here for this Patriots offense. So good size here. He could be a terrific athlete uh, on jump balls and downfield. There's some concerns about his separation. He, he lacks some speed, doesn't doesn't quite get under a 4-5-40. So uh, definitely some reservations about uh, about his overall ability. But again, opportunity is king in fantasy football. We say it all the time. So I could easily see him pushing for 60 catches right out of the gate. 
here's the interesting thing. I mean, and you're right about opportunity, and I think we just don't know. Like, we feel like he could be, no pun intended, huge, right? Again, because other than Edelman, there's nothing established. <laughs> However, if Josh Gordon gets reinstated someone soon, like there's, you saw the Instagram post of he's working out with Josh Gordon. Does Demarius Thomas come back? I don't have a lot of confidence in Demarius Thomas, you know, and who knows with Josh Gordon, but certainly that would, either one of those guys would certainly affect the fantasy prospects of Nikhil Harry. But there's no question he's somebody who landed in a great spot, and there's obviously a need and an opportunity there because, to your point, like Philip Dorsett, Braxton Berrios, like, you know, what are we doing here? Maurice Harris, like, you know, it's, it's, there's, yeah. there's not a lot there. Uh, in New England that's proven beyond Julian Edelman. Yeah, and that's the key. You, you, we get excited about these rookies, especially a wide receiver, and you don't want to go too nuts because outside of like 2014 when it was like Benjamin and Evans and uh, Odell Beckham, of course, you don't see rookie wide receivers being every week starters generally, maybe fringe flex options. So you have to make sure you're taking these guys, and we're going to talk about a few more of them later in your draft and redraft. Obviously, Dynasty can go earlier, but in season long, you don't want to go too nuts. So we're talking mostly here about guys that you want to be taking in the, we'll say the double digit rounds or later. These are, these are sleepers and, and certainly yeah, flyers. He's an, he's an upside play that you could see once he develops some chemistry with Brady could be a factor in the second half, but certainly wouldn't want to go into a season with Nikhil Harry as a starter, but we like his dynasty prospects quite a bit. Yeah, good uh, good bench play, at least early in the season. And we'll see. I mean, listen, it could be one of those like Alan Hearns-type breakouts where it's just opportunity, steps right in, and scores two touchdowns in his first NFL game. <laughs> Don't, we wouldn't be totally shocked because of the opportunity, but uh, obviously you have to keep expectations in check here. In a redraft league, just curious with you guys saying that, Matthew, do you feel like Josh Jacobs is the only redraft starter that you could you should be taking from this year's rookie crop or is there somebody else that you feel like you know that could be you know like like Mike just said from a wide receiver position this doesn't feel there's, like the OBJ Mike no Evans one, there's no one from a wide receiver posi- position that I would draft as a starter um there's some guys that I like as flyers or in deeper leagues best ball leagues that sort of thing sure um but I do think I I wouldn't say that uh of the rookie class that Josh Jacobs is the only starter because I think there's a couple running backs that are really interesting. And I think there's at least one quarterback that's very interesting. Yeah, some so, flex plays or like a lower end quarterback. Sure, and there, I think, yeah, I think two guys that are uh, are next couple guys that are on your dynasty list here are certainly going to be flex plays with with potential for more. We start in Chicago with David Montgomery. I have him as running back 28. You have him at running back 27, Mike. So we're both right there as sort of a lower end flex play. We both think Tariq Cohen's going to be more involved and. I don't think Mike Davis is just bench fodder. I think Mike Davis is going to get a handful of touches a game, which will sap his value. But no question, um, uh, he's somebody that has a high dynasty floor here. Talk to me a little bit about your thoughts on David Montgomery, Mike. Yeah, and you mentioned uh, Cohen there. I don't know if you – we may agree on this. You may have said it backward, but I think he'll play less this year. I, I think just based Tariq on – Cohen? Yeah, with with Jordan Howard gone and a more dynamic back in, in David Montgomery in there, I think that uh, it could be it could mean fewer touches for Tariq Cohen uh, just because when they're throwing, they don't have to pull Howard off the field now. No, they don't. I, but I think Tariq Cohen is such a weapon with his speed. Sure. I, I, think, I think we will look up – barring injury – uh, I think Tree Cohen will have about the same usage last year. I okay. don't think he it goes up because Howard's there, but I don't think it goes down because Montgomery is. Okay, yeah, I do have him down uh, quite a bit. In fact, forty fewer fantasy wow. points for Tariq Cohen. You but again, hate still, Tariq Cohen, apparently. Apparently, I do, but still, uh, that would put him on the flex radar. Nonetheless, uh, you mentioned I, I like Montgomery. I think he's going to reach that two hundred carry mark as a rookie. He could catch thirty to thirty five footballs in this offense. Uh, good, good size there. Uh, much like Josh Jacobs, they're built similarly. He's 222 pounds. Uh, the, the knock on him was speed. He ran a four six, but just 
extremely, you know, extremely good balance, great tackle breaker. The elusiveness at Iowa State was was just outstanding, the best in the class, uh, one of the best in the nation over the past few years. And again, we're only talking on field here, but very much like Kareem Hunt, very, very similar dynamic here with the size, balance, and and tackle breaking, a lack of speed. So, uh, and, and obviously a good fit there with Matt Nagy, who coached Kareem Hunt in Kansas City now uh, with the Bears. So it was a natural fit here. I think it's going to be pretty quick that he's going to be the feature back in this uh, in this Bears offense. So I like him. Good, good. Uh, uh, good I do. Bear, Bears ranked sixth in rush percentage last season, and even in quote down year for Jordan Howard. Jordan Howard still scored nine touchdowns last year. People yeah, forget yeah. that. People are like, ah, you know. Jordan Howard wasn't a fit, blah, blah, blah. Jordan Howard still, you know, scored nine touchdowns and I want to say was a borderline top 20 running back in fantasy last year, something like that. Yep. Uh, Thirsty Cal will look it up here in a second um, after he's done um, uh, doing some other stuff. All right. Um, let's see. And then speaking of running backs that have potential for big fantasy options, the number four on your dynasty list of the rookies Miles Sanders of the Philadelphia Eagles, your Philadelphia Eagles. In terms of redraft, Mike, you and I both have him around the same area as David Montgomery. I have Sanders at running back 29, so one spot after Montgomery, and you have Sanders at 28, one spot after Montgomery as well. So we both prefer Montgomery to Sanders, but it's right there. Yeah, no no doubt. We just talked about Jordan Howard. Of course, he was traded to the yep. Eagles, so you would expect him to soak up, especially in the first half of the season, a lot of the early down carries and the goal line work. He's That's just the type of player he is, but... You know, the Eagles are going to need an answer in in uh, second and third and long situations and obvious passing situations when they're between the 20s. And Sanders should be that guy. They've been targeting an impact wide receiver or a running back, excuse me, like this for a few seasons. Now they finally got one. I expect Sanders to play a pretty big role. In fact, I have him over 200 touches for the season. Again, with Howard there and they're talking about Boston Scott as a as a potential Darren Sproles like uh, a producer in this offense. There are some bodies here. They're probably going to stick to the committee. But again, there's a lot of players in committees these days. Sanders can be in a committee and still be a, a we'll say, a back-end RB2. So I, I like him a lot. I just really like the fit in this high-scoring Eagles offense. With By the way, don't forget this, probably the best offensive line in the NFL. That's obviously going to help open up some running lanes. During the Carson Wentz era, last three years, Eagles top five, in terms of total number of red zone drives. So they get in close and they do like to run. Now, the, the downside of Sanders, of course, is that Peterson has always been a running back by committee guy, and I don't think that changes. So the presence of Sanders hurts Howard and Howard hurts Sanders. I will say that I think people are sleeping on Jordan Howard. I think people see Miles Sanders, you know, and, and feel like last year was a down year. But again, to your point, Jordan Howard scored nine touchdowns each of the last two years and behind one of the best offensive lines in football, a team that will be in scoring position offense, one of the better offenses in the NFL that is going to be pretty high in terms of pace of play. I think Jordan Howard is is being slept on, but there's no question that Miles Sanders is clearly a flex play as well with a little bit of upside, especially in PPR leagues. Uh, let's move on now to uh, number five. And boy, oh boy, when you talk about places where people land, coming out <laughs> of college... A.J. Brown, I think, was my favorite prospect coming out of college this year. A lot of guys, you know, but I really liked A.J. Brown quite a bit, just on a personal level. And he was sort of my favorite wide receiver prospect. And now, like, I didn't even rank him. Like, I didn't even rank him in redraft leagues because he's going to Tennessee, where he's going to have Marcus Mariota throwing to him, and he's going to be competing with Corey Davis, with Adam Humphreys, and Delaney Walker for passes in a run-first offense that's run by a quarterback that so far has struggled in the NFL. 
Yeah, you're exactly right. And and he's still five on my board, even though, despite what you just laid out. Right. Because he's five I like on your too. dynasty rank yeah, boards. In my dynasty rankings, yeah. So uh, projection-wise for this season, I have him at 44 catches, 500, 550 yards, and three touchdowns. So obviously not a, not super optimistic on the short term. But at the same time, I mean, is he worth a late flyer in leagues? I think so, because Corey Davis hasn't really cemented himself as a, a clear number one. He is, certainly hasn't lived up to his round one uh, pedigree from a few seasons ago. Adam Humphrey's more of a short area slot guy. I mean, Brown can work all over the field. Again, a guy that's almost 230 pounds. He has good size. He's a good route runner, good hands. I mean, there's a lot to like here. He lacks a little bit of top end speed, but that's all right. I think he's one of them guys that can just be a high volume guy in in the NFL. So I'm I'm very excited for him. But like you said, the short term uh, outlook here, not great. So all he is in, in, in redraft leagues and 10 and 12 team leagues. I mean, very last couple of rounds when you're shooting for the stars, that's the only time you could take a look right now. Titans 30th in total wide receiver receiving yards last year. Not sure how much that improves. Um, be tough for me to take a flyer on AJ Brown, you know, in a, in a redraft league, honestly, like in a 10 team league, cause just there's, you know, you run out of spots. You only get six bench sure. spots. And I just. Unless Corey Davis is hurt, which is possible because he's struggled with injuries before, you know, it's a shame because I love A.J. Brown. I love his talent, and that's why he comes in so high in your dynasty ranks. But this year, hard to see something happening. Yeah, the only time you're really, uh, you know, it's just it's really late in your draft. You're just shooting for talent, right? You're going for upside, not necessarily a guy that's going to help you out short term. So when it comes down to that kind of spot in the draft and you're looking at some of these other guys we're going to talk about, you know, whether it's a, you know, a Paris Campbell or an Andy Isabella, Metcalf, you know, guys we're about to talk about. You know, again, you're just shooting for the ceiling, the pedigree, the talents, and hoping that that, uh, that kind of works its way out right away and gets these guys on the field. If that happens for Brown or Davis gets hurt, something like that, he can make a quick impact. But you're right. For now, you don't love the short term. Coming in at number six in your dynasty rookie ranks is somebody that I also don't have drafted, and I don't think you would mm-hmm. think about drafting in a redraft league, and that's the Eagles wide receiver J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. Yeah, exactly. And he's even worse off in terms of his short-term outlook as the roster stands. I mean, this is kind of something we said about Odell Beckham as a rookie too. You know, oh, they've all, he has all these guys. We're talking about Jarrell Jernigan's locked into the slot for the, the Giants that year. <laughs> There's all these guys right. uh, in his way and he's just not going to get on the field because he's the four and we know what he did. So sometimes the cream will rise and maybe that's the case for our Sega Whiteside. But right now, you know, the outlook's even worse because you have Alshon Jeffrey on one side. You have Deshaun Jackson, who they just acquired on the other side. You have Nelson Aguilar in the slot. You have Zach Ertz, who's a target hog. Remember, his tar- his targets were even higher when Carson sure. Wentz was the quarterback last year. And then they're talking up Dallas Goddard and how dominant he's been. And how much they want to run more two tight end sets this year. Yeah, which I, I'm not overly concerned about that one. But nonetheless, they're going to try to find to manufacture targets for Goddard as well. The running backs out of the backfield. There's a lot of mouths to feed in this offense. So I think our Sega Whiteside will be spending a lot of times on the sideline and focused on special teams out of the gate. But the upside here is massive. This guy scored 14 touchdowns last season. He's 6'2", 225. You know, again, not the fastest guy. He's not going to kill you once he catches the the football, but just great ball skills, great hands. Only one drop all of last season. He caught, uh, he's had 75 catchable balls. So uh, I love the long-term outlook. He's been, you know, if you are in a dynasty draft or a rookie draft, this is a great guy to have your eyes on because he's falling. I've gotten him in round two of, of multiple rookie drafts somehow. I don't understand how he's plummeting. I just love the high ceiling. But again, people are kind of moving him down because of this landing spot. But really, in a, a year from now, you might kick yourself if you do that because I think the long-term outlook here is tremendous. And certainly, you think about think about all the guys you just mentioned. Zach Ertz, Deshaun Jackson, 
Alshon Jeffrey, all of whom have dealt with injury issues throughout their careers. Mm-hmm. So yep. um, obviously he's not going to play tight end if Ertz gets hurt. But the fact is just in terms of when you think about targets and potential, if he can get on the field, there's potential opportunity there um, and certainly a talented player with a good offensive system and a good quarterback behind him. Number seven on your dynasty ranks uh, draft here list is DK Metcalf, a uh, guy who – Honestly, Daniel, when you take your shirt off and DK Metcalf takes his shirt off, it's hard to tell who's who. I get that all the time. I had someone stop me the other day. I was outside of a Trader Joe's. Sure. And a guy was like, wait a second, DK? And I was like, no, I get that a lot. I understand. <laughs> but, you know, it's just me, Daniel. Just you. Just me, Daniel. Uh, DK Metcalf heads over to uh, the Seattle Seahawks. And, boy, the Seahawks are a tough one because Doug Baldwin retires. And so there's opportunity there, right? I mean, outside of Tyler Lockett, I mean, look, we saw flashes from David Brown. Uh, sorry, David Moore last year. We saw flashes from David Moore last year. Um, you know, and they have a couple other guys there. But honestly, like, there's opportunity there for DK Metcalf. No question. And my projection for Metcalf continues to work upward as you hear all the positive reports out of Seattle from Russell Wilson. And, well, Pete Carroll says, has he ever said a negative thing? No, I'm not really never. sure. No. Uh, so, Pete Carroll still thinks Matt Flynn is a, is a, <laughs> was a great signing. Yeah, no doubt. So, um, I do think, um, I, I do think he's going to, to make a, an impact. Uh, the question really is, is it going to be as a situational deep threat who catch, catches a few long touchdowns? Think like Tyrell Williams sort of impact or, you know, is it going to be a guy that's playing every down and is a huge part of this offense that scores a bunch of touchdowns? Because that's a possibility as well. Like you said, you have Tyler Lockett there, who I think we'll see an uptick in targets, but has been limited in that department so far in his career. Metcalf. Then we're talking David Moore, who you just mentioned. Gary Jennings is a guy I Another like a lot. Rookie, He's a yeah. great deep sleeper. One of my favorite guys coming into the draft, and he's starting to get some hype. He could be the slot there. Uh, so, you know, Jerron Brown, they've talked about him. Uh, they've talked him up a little bit. Will Disley could be a factor as a as a pass catcher at tight end, I mean, like you said, you just laid it out. There's opportunity for this guy, and I mean, talk about just pure talent. He ran a four three three six three two thirty twenty seven bench reps. He has it all. He has the size. He's the speed. He has the strength. He's super young. Uh, if he gets an opportunity and he's the real deal, he could be a guy that surprises out of the gate here for the Seahawks. So uh, obviously, some risks here. There's a lot of chatter about his his short area work, his quickness, but. Nonetheless, the opportunity here could be good in a very efficient, high-scoring Seahawks offense. 28 touchdowns in 33 games in college for DK Metcalf. He joins the run-heaviest team in the NFL, but you don't have to get that many volume of passes when you have somebody as accurate and as efficient as Russell Wilson. So DK Metcalf currently uh, being drafted as wide receiver 51, although about half the league, when he's being drafted, that's around where he's being drafted, but... He's also going undrafted in a number of leagues. So he's a nice big target for Russell Wilson, and the opportunity is certainly there. I like him as more more of a sleeper than some of the other guys you mentioned. But, yeah, Gary Jennings is actually an interesting guy, another rookie uh, as well, because somebody is going to be. I will say it's interesting. Like, David Moore is another guy that, like, just a tangent for one second, I feel like everyone's talking about DK Metcalf, and no one's talking about David Moore, who I – because he doesn't have the, the college pedigree that DK Metcalf has, and he was – you know – I know they like him a lot in Seattle, and they think they found something with him. And in his his limited opportunity last year, he impressed. Yeah, no doubt. I think that when you're when you're thinking through a guy like Moore and Metcalf, you're thinking, well, probably limited by this super run heavy offense, as you mentioned. Not as much pedigree with Moore. And if you're going to take a late a late pick on a wide receiver, you're probably going to go for the the freak who has a massive right. ceiling, right? In <laughs> a guy like Metcalf. So that's the that's the thought. And remember, I mean, 
most teams are running three wide receiver sets now. 32 teams, that's 96 receivers. You're only drafting, what, you know, 70 at the yeah. most? I mean, it's just tough to uh, to separate some of these guys. There's so much talent at that position that guys that, put it this way, after week one, waivers will be busy at wide receiver, as usual, because there's just only so many guys that we can roster, and uh, there's going to be some gems sitting out there on waivers. So DK Metcalf comes in at number seven in your dynasty ranks, though I think in redraft leagues you would have him ranked higher, would be my guess. Uh, let's move on now. I'm number eight. I'm surprised about this one. I'm surprised that in Dynasty you have him this low. Kyler Murray finally comes in at number eight. A quarterback gets on the board here. For redraft leagues, both you and I are very bullish on Kyler Murray. I have him as my number 10 ranked quarterback in redraft leagues. You have him as QB 14. You're much closer to the ADP, which is where he is going. He's currently going as QB 14 on ESPN.com. Uh, is the thought process of having Kyler Murray down at number eight in terms of your dynasty ranks just because of the volume, uh, the the depth of the position? No doubt about it. And you could apply that to season long or dynasty. There's just so many quality options. And uh, I mean, dynasty, I try not to just say, okay, this guy's coming into the league. Let's just put him at the top because he's young. You know, a lot of these guys are going to bust. I mean, half of the guys right. picked in the first round this year will be bust. And I like Murray a lot. So I'd still put him at QB8. I still think he's a, a quality long-term starter eight. in dynasty. Yeah. Over, over eight in dynasty. Right. Sure. In exactly. Eight in your rank dynasty ranks. In dynasty. Yeah. And in season long, right. It's just, uh, it's the same kind of thing. I mean, there's just so many good options. We're talking yeah. about, like Kirk Cousins, who was uh, QB twelve last season and has been a, a borderline starter for years, I have him twentieth. Uh, you know, oh, that's yeah. about where his ADP is. You know, guys like Lamar Jackson, Sam Darnold, and Jimmy Garoppolo, who could be breakouts outside the top twenty. Josh Allen down there. Uh, I mean, remember Matt Stafford all the years like a what uh, a study was yeah. or at least a QB one. I mean, I have him ranked twenty five. I mean, it's just there's so many yeah. options. That Are you spot. kidding me? Twenty five? What? Yeah. Because you, you, you don't like get points Stafford? for handoffs. That's, that's why. That's exactly right. You should have watched the the uh, daily wager last week. We talked uh, Matt Stafford prop bets. There you go. You must, his you name. Is, okay. That. Also, his name is Matthew. His no, name is Matt. Matthew Stafford. No, he gets called Matt now because he doesn't throw for as many yards. Wow. Throwing shade. You're going to be a big hit in Detroit. Yeah, once yeah, again, guess he's not coming to the Detroit no way, podcast. Lions, no, Lions fans like <laughs> Once again, standrewsdetroit.com, ticketmaster.com, or livenation.com to get your tickets for the live show July 30th at St. Andrews Hall in beautiful Detroit City. Uh, anyway, look, uh, the only reason I think Kyler Murray is, Murray is special, sure. right? And so there's no question there is depth at the position at quarterback. But when you sit here and you think about in terms of dynasty, one of the things I will say is that uh, in Dynasty, I tend to like to go for wide receivers and quarterbacks more than running backs just because there's more churn at the position of running back, obviously, because of injuries and the, the violent nature of that position, that running backs come into the league more often. Wide receivers tend to hold their fantasy value longer, as do quarterbacks. And so you think about Kyler Murray, and then you sort of think about the quarterback landscape, and you think about Brady and Breeze and Big Ben and, like, and Rivers and, like, Matt Ryan, like, there's a bunch of guys in their mid to late 30s, and obviously Brady's 41 famously, that in the next three or four years, we're going to see a lot of guys, I, I feel like, you know, move, move out. There's going to be more opportunity. And so Kyler Murray, who I just, look, you know how crazy athletic he is, but I don't think people appreciate how accurate this guy was. Mm -hmm. He was just as accurate as Baker Mayfield. Everyone always talks about Baker Mayfield and raves about his accuracy, they were they had basically identical accuracy numbers in the same system in college. Yeah, yeah I mean right yeah, I mean yeah. at Oklahoma. So yeah, right. yeah. uh I don't know. I 
I think Kyler Murray is, is a special kid, and I think that in that offense, we'll see if Cliff Kingsbury can coach at the NFL level, but I think it's going to be a fantasy-friendly offense. Yeah, I, I agree with that, but, you know, we thought about that about other coaches, too, and other systems, and we, you know, I think about Chip Kelly a lot when he came in and, and made some sure. uh, changes and was going to use a lot of three and four wide sets and was going to spread defenses out, but things can go wrong, especially if you don't have the personnel, and I think it might be kind of a, a slow start here, especially because yeah, you have David Johnson in the backfield. He struggled with efficiency for a few years. We'll see if he bounces back. But, you know, Larry Fitzgerald is more of a, you know, he's still reliable, but a short area target. Christian Kirk we'll see in his second year. Otherwise, it's mostly rookies. Those guys could be stars. Like, I love Andy Isabella. We all like Hakeem Butler. But we don't know, especially as rookies, that, you know, these guys tend to get off to slow starts. They don't have too much there at the tight end spot. The offensive line, you know, probably best case scenario is average. Things, things could go wrong here. They could struggle with efficiency. They could go three and out a lot. But, um, you know, all, all those are things you're not hearing much about. We're talking a lot about the upside, and I see it with Murray. He can run. He can throw well. Like you said, I'm super excited for him. But, you know, I, it's funny. I'm saying all this negative stuff. My projection for him, which, as you know, he yeah. thought was a little low, would be the fourth best rookie season ever. So I'm still optimistic. He's still sure. a fringe QB1. But, again, I think we have to be careful to look at the risk, not just the upside here. Uh, so we will move on. It's just a little bit about it. we. You and I both agree he's the number one QB in Dynasty yes. to take, and by far, just where you put him in the overall ranks. It's a little bit about your philosophy, and candidly, in a Dynasty, your team needs. You know where mm-hmm. where what if you've got like if you've got Mahomes and Trubisky and Josh Allen, you're probably pretty set at running back at quarterback for the next you know oh yeah twelve you're going years after other spots right yeah. exactly. <laughs> but if you're if you know it's it's Big Ben and Breeze. Maybe you want to reach a little bit for Murray because you're going to need him sooner rather than later. You mentioned the rookie wide receivers there in Arizona, and that's who comes in at number nine in your dynasty ranks. It's Andy Isabella, who's one of two rookie wide receivers there that are expected to play prominent roles for the Cardinals. Cardinals. I actually like Hakeem Butler uh, in redraft better than Andy Isabella. I'm worried about Isabella's ability to get on the field, Mike, because when I talked to him at the rookie premiere, he believes, at least at that point, that he was scheduled to play mostly slot and if you're a slot receiver on a team that has Larry Fitzgerald, you're not playing a lot. Yeah, I mean, this team may lead the NFL in four wide sets, which yes. could help him out, uh, get get him on the field, at least get him opportunities to get the ball. But I, I would be careful to get too sucked into that because aside of maybe Chan Gailey, you're not seeing many four wide offenses in the NFL, right. I mean, at least as the, as the base. You're going to have a running back and a tight end out there uh, most of the time. Nonetheless... I'm a fan of Isabella. I still have him ranked ahead of Butler. We'll see how it plays out. Maybe that changes if uh, the reports change and, and Butler is uh, still clearly ahead of him. But just a big fan of Isabella. Super fast, ran a 4-3-1. But he's not just a slot guy. Despite his, his small frame, he can play outside. In fact, uh, last year he led the nation in receiving yards, a little under 1,700. Also yeah. had 13 touchdown catches. It was second in overall catches. I mean, the guy can do it all. He could return. He could play inside and outside. I, I'm really excited for his future. Kind of gives me a... You know, like a, maybe a smaller Adam Thielen sort of feel where he could play all over the field and, and just kind of surprise you with what he brings to the table. So uh, really excited for Isabella. So we'll see how that plays out. Uh, you know, I, I will say that uh, I will say there was like a viral video of uh, did you see of, of Andy Isabella and Kyler Murray running. Did you see this? Mm-hmm. Did you see this video? Did you see it? Secret Squirrel? No, you saw it, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were basically neck and neck. Yes. I mean, yeah. and we all know how fast Kyler Murray is. No doubt. So yeah. no question, Andy Isabella, uh, super fast. Like I said, I prefer Hakeem Butler a little bit in redraft, but uh, he's going to be the slot guy for the Cardinals going forward, uh, and uh, that'll be a good position. 
especially in the Kingsbury, especially once if Fitz uh, retires at the end of this year, as is expected. And finally, at number 10, in terms of the dynasty ranks, we got a tight end. And it's Daniel's tight end, TJ Hawkinson of your Detroit Lions. Don't look at me, Mike. No, 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 no. Don't look at me to try Never and figure out what you're, yeah, thank you. Let, just give me your, give me your analysis and let's move on. <laughs> uh, listen, I, I, I hate to say positive things about the Lions with Daniel in our presence, but yeah, big, big fan of Hawkinson, obviously. And I feel a little, you know, I, I thought he would come in and just focus on blocking out of the gate. And to some extent, he will because he's a good two way player. Uh, but they have Jesse James as well. And we know that, that his, uh, primary job is blocking. We saw that during his time at Pittsburgh. And that's what he's going to do in Detroit. And meanwhile, Hawkinson should be able to focus a little bit of, on pass catching and they could use some weapons, right? They have Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay on the outside. They bring in Danny Emmendola inside. We'll see if Theo Riddick sticks in this offense, but Hawkinson, th- there's work for, there's, there's opportunity for him here to, to, uh, generate a bunch of targets playing in the short and intermediate area, maybe even score five, six, seven touchdowns. You have to keep, uh, you have to keep expectations in check, obviously, for rookies. We've only seen one tight end one over the past decade in, in Evan Ingram, and he's a, a kind of a different type of player. But, you know, again, Hawkinson's going to be on the field. I I think he'll get to the 40 to 45 catch range, and that's enough to make him a, we'll say, mid to back end tight end, too. So if you're in a league with two tight ends, you're interested in a normal you know, in your normal leagues, 10-teamers, you're probably not even going to draft this guy. Yeah, I mean, I actually, even of, of the rookie rookie tight ends, I prefer Noah Fant to Hawkinson because I just think I think Flacco will throw more to Fant than I think Stafford will throw uh, throw to Hawkinson, to your point. Listen, I mean, uh, I actually slightly disagree about this. Like, they think Jesse James can, can, can catch passes as well. He's definitely, you know, talked with some insiders there that, like, no, they think of him as a pass catcher. So even though he's a big guy and will be used in blocking, that's part of it, right? They want to be run heavy. It's why it's why they went out and got Daryl Bevel to call the offense. So Hawkinson, who was known for not just his pass catching, but also his blocking uh, in college, and Jesse James, who's a big guy. I mean, you could see some two tight end sets, but when you get in close and you're looking around for touchdowns, you've got, I mean, the the deal they signed Jesse James to is not a cheap deal. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, they, they paid him some real money. So, uh, those, that would be my concerns about Hawkinson, who we think has a world of talent. But again, when you just, you land in like the, the pit hole that is Detroit, you know, just the, the, the fantasy black hole that wow. is the Lions. You know what I mean? Like, then it's just, it's just tough to, to figure that out. Matthew, just confirming that for Detroit's live show, you're asking me to get both Noah Fant and Jay Sternberger as our guests for that show, correct? I love that. Yeah. Be perfect. Okay, Fantastic. Cool. Yeah. Or just tell me I have to stay home. Let me, you know, just say like, you know what? There's a security risk. He just continues to crap on the Lions. Maybe we should just let's just send Mike out there and Field and Stefania and me, and I'll like, I'll like, I'll record a video. I could Skype in. Oh yeah, that'd be go. perfect. I will Skype in. Yeah. People will pay for that, right? If I just so Skype good. in, totally. They'll be throwing stuff at the at the screen. Yeah, like it's going to be like a Rocky That's Horror picture show with all these negative uh, Lions comments. Not me. I would never say anything negative about the Lions. Thanks, Michael. Where did you have Hawkinson ranked again? No Titan comment. What? No comment. Listen, I'll. By the way, we didn't say we didn't add this part, the dynasty aspect on Hawkinson, yeah. which he could be, you know, a top three long term dynasty tight end. He which could is be George Kittle. In all seriousness, no all doubt. Ser- no doubt. He, uh, yeah, no doubt about it. Kelsey. I mean, he, he, we've heard the con- he's got the that kind of yes. Gronk and and Kelsey. I mean, this guy can do it all. So no doubt, he could be an elite tight end in this league. 
So, uh, yeah, we, if you're, if I agree with that, he's my favorite dynasty tight end mm-hmm. just for redraft leagues. I'm ignoring him, but in dynasty, there's no question Hawkinson should be number one. There's actually a couple of other tight ends that are really interesting, uh, in dynasty. And if you thought we've gotten deep, wait till you hear we're going even deeper. Oh, uh, we've got, uh, wide receivers, quarterbacks, running backs, tight ends coming up. We'll address all those. We're going to go super deep right after this. All right, Mike. So let's um hey, real quickly, speaking of dynasty ranks or redraft leagues, rotopass.com. Whoa! Rotopass.com. Uh 10% off if you use the promo code Chapin. C H A P I N. That's amazing. So, uh <laughs> we did it for the last podcast as well uh to celebrate uh, the marriage of Field and Chapin. So promo code Chapin, C H A P I N gets you 10% off rotopass.com and you get subscriptions. Listen, you get, you get, uh, you got our friends at Rotowire. They absolutely crush it. Our friends at Football Guys, they're amazing. Rotoviz, Football Outsiders, Aaron Schatz's company. You know, we all love Aaron here. Um, Roster Watch, they're great on Dynasty. Wait till you see the stuff that they do. They go to all the, they go to all the pro days. They go to all the, all the combines, all the college all-star camps. They're great. You see exclusive footage on their site as well. And of course, because of a company man, you also get ESPN plus. You get six months of ESPN plus. So go to rotopass.com and check that out. That was a crappy promo without the intro. Let's now dive into these guys that I don't think any of these guys are necessarily redraft, uh, candidates. At least in your mind, there's a couple guys that I actually like for redraft. Yeah, there's a, but, yeah, there's, there's, so a we'll just go through. Let's just talk real quickly about some, some rookies. Um, we just did your top 10 dynasty ranks here, but let's talk just rookies really quickly. Um, we only got 10 minutes left, uh, in the program. So just, you know, one comment each here. Uh, and we'll start with Marquise Brown, Hollywood Brown of the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah. Speaking of bad landing, landing spots, right? Goes yeah. to Baltimore. I think they're going to try to be more balanced, but come on. We have Lamar Jackson under center. They're going to run the ball, uh, often be one of the run heaviest teams in the league, but they're going to manufacture touches for him as well. So, uh, again, late round flyer here. You like him more non PPR, but probably limited in terms of target volume out of the gate, especially not, not only because of the offense, but also because he he profiles as kind of a Deshaun Jackson type, kind of a, as a home run hitter and a guy that like love him for best ball. Like that's I mean, because there's going to be opportunity there. They're, I mean, they are going to have to throw. He at might some be their point. number one receiver, right? He sure. might be their number one receiver. So I think he's a great best ball target. But I think in terms of redraft, he is just one of those late round flyers. A guy that I think is really interesting uh, for not just re- a dynasty but also redraft this year, Mike, is Debo Samuel. You know, when I talked to him at the combine, he's, he's, uh, the South Carolina wide receiver who comes into San Francisco. I asked him, where are you going to play this year? And he just, he's like, X. They got me at the X. Mm-hmm. Now that's interesting. So they've got Dante Pettis there and they've got Marquise Goodwin. And obviously, you know, George Kittle's going to get a lot. Um, but it feels like there's a potential for some opportunity here, especially if you were the X in Kyle Shanahan's offense. Yeah, I'm not sure if there'll be much value early on. He's also fighting some injuries here in the offseason, so we'll see how, how long it takes him to get going. But you mentioned Pettis, they have Marquise Goodwin, J- uh, Jalen Hurdle they drafted, uh, and they're talking to Trent Taylor in the slot. Uh, you mentioned Kittle. I think you're going to see some of the running backs at, at wide receiver sure, with course. Coleman, McKinnon, Breida there, and Juszczyk. Uh, so it might be kind of uh, an overrated landing spot, at least short term. I think volume uh, you know, can be tough to come by. It could be. I could see him standing on the sideline early in the season. But again, maybe in the second half, especially if Jimmy Garoppolo stays healthy and takes a right. step forward, 
He can uh, he, and like look, Kyle Shannon's ha- tended to have some fantasy friendly offenses. You've got Dante Pettis who was good for a for a nanosecond. Marquise Goodwin who um has you know prior to kind of a splash in San Francisco, ha- had a moment in time. Part of that had been sort of a one trick pony. We'll see. Um, I don't know. I, I Samuel's to me is an interesting guy. Uh, I don't know. I just. Just like the guy. I agree. I, th- I no, I like him as a player. No, yeah. Don't get me wrong. I, I'm just saying uh, it might be a slow start in in season long. It would not surprise me if he's uh, like a 20 snap guy the first few weeks of the season. Maybe comes on as a year sure. goes on. Sure, sure. But it it uh, yeah yeah. I mean, all these guys are late round sleepers. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's it, we we don't expect any uh, certainly no rookie wide receiver to immediately get heavy snaps and targets mm-hmm. out of the gate unless there's significant injuries or something like what's going on in Kansas City. As we don't know what's going on yet with Tyreek Hill, like that situation is still unfolding. Um, he's met with investigators. Um, I'm listen. I'm not Bob Lee, right? By the way, respect to the general. No doubt. Shout out to Bob Lee who retired after 40 years here at the company uh, recently. So uh, listen, we don't know what's going on with Tyreek Hill yet. That situation is still up the, in the air, but there's certainly the potential, depending on which way it happens, for Miko Hardman. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, so wh- let's just talk about, you know, again, without getting into the Tyreek Hill situation, if something were to happen there, there's a chance Miko Hardman has a significant opportunity early on. Absolutely. And when he was drafted, the thought initially was, well, he's a similar style player. They're looking to replace him. And that could be the case. I mean, not necessarily. Right. They always target similar, similar players, small, fast guys. Uh, uh, but he is, uh, you know, he could return the ball. He, he's tough. He's extremely fast and he can, he can naturally kind of slide right in to that Tyreek Hill role. The question is, is he up to the task? Is he as good or close to as good to kind of fill that void and make a huge impact in fantasy? So again, not necessarily a guy we're going to say you, you have to start week one. If Hill's not there, I don't know that we would necessarily rank him in the top 30 or, or 40 because he's going to be risky, but he could also live up to that sort of expectation if you have him there because of that opportunity in this offense. So again, I mean, right now, just a, a late round flyer and down the road, maybe a, a star player in this NFL. He is all the upside for a playmaker. If Tyreek Hill were to be suspended or to miss the season or the Chiefs decided to move on from Tyreek Hill, um, and then you think about who's left there, right? So we like Sammy Watkins, right? But Sammy Watkins is somebody who's struggled with injuries, mm-hmm. right? And so then it like, I don't know, Demarcus Marcus Robinson, Robinson Byron like, Pringle, Garrick Dieter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so if you're, I mean, it's the same thing as we talked about with Nikhil Harry, right? If you're on the field with Patrick Mahomes in an Andy Reid offense, good things can happen very quickly for you. So I think we'll have a better sense of what the value in redraft leagues for Miko Hardman is as we get close to the season, we get more clarity on Tyreek. Can I can I really quickly just jump in and two things. And I know we gotta go fast here, Matthew, and I'm the one that tells you you have to go, but that early schedule for the Chiefs is not like that whole schedule is is pretty tough. And with the idea of losing Tyreek Hill for any number of games and having a rookie come in to try and do that, like I just I, am I crazy in thinking that there's easily going to be regression from these Chiefs, even if they are still really, really good, like, all their numbers have to come down across the board, right? Well, listen, you, I mean, Mike Clay is Lord Regression over here. I mean, <laughs> That's there's, true. There's no one that screams regression louder from this rooftop. Lord than, Regression. Can that be his his name for Earth. the show? Uh, yeah, I mean, the czar of regression over here, Mike Clay. The one Commander. thing I would say is if you, if you read 100 facts you need to know before you draft, or just keep listening to this feed because we're going to do a, I'm going to do a podcast version of that as soon as we're done here. Uh, but, um, uh, I will say that even if the Chiefs offense regresses, even if Patrick Mahomes regresses, they could regress significantly and still be one of the elite offenses in the NFL. If totally. Not the elite offense. Totally. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. They scored 4.1 touchdowns a game last season offensively. I have them down at 3.3, and I still have Mahomes as QB1. I mean, I mean, the, and I I did a feature on the Chiefs. Uh, actually, it was kind of an NFL piece why they can miss the playoffs because there's a lot more than just the offense in sure. play here. Um, and I talk all about that with Patrick Mahomes. But I yes, the numbers will come down quite a bit, and and that's even if Hill plays throughout the season. So it's it's an interesting. Uh, dynamic for sure but for now i think you just take that late stab on hardman just in case it's a long suspension for hill we just don't know yet all right so we just gotta we gotta go super rapid fire here just real quickly paris campbell is interesting he's probably gonna be the slot guy for the colts yeah uh i I have a kind of a randall cobb feel there some returns maybe a few carries he'll see some targets inside but right now it seems like devin funches has locked down that two job they want to feed two tight ends there's a lot of mouse to feed so again maybe maybe late in the season he makes somewhat of an impact great offense so you like that Great offense and obviously a great quarterback. Uh, and I will tell you, just interviewing him, Paris Campbell's an impressive kid. Guy that I'm really excited about this year and in redraft is Hakeem Butler. You know, Kyler Murray just could not stop raving about him. And, uh, you know, Hakeem Butler joked with him. He's just like, uh, they were in practice and Kyler Murray threw a ball high and he apologized to Butler and Butler's like, yeah, man, you're not playing with Hollywood Brown anymore. Mm-hmm. Throw it up there. I'll go get him. <laughs> I mean, he is, he's 6'5", 227 and I stood next to him. He's a legit six five two twenty seven, Mike. Yeah, absolutely. Just, I mean, the pedigree here is not great after the fall to the fourth round. That bothers that bothers me a little bit with him. But, um, you know, we'll, we'll see. I mean, if this if uh, Murray's the real deal and he's an every down player, who knows? I mean, he, and again, with that size, he could score eight touchdowns if this is a really good offense. So, that, again, or even an offense is throwing a lot. We know we know Flitz is going to be the slot. We expect Christian Kirk to be on one side. So, yes. they, when they go to three wide sets. My expectation is Hakeem Butler is going to be on the other side. Again, you're just looking for ceiling with those final picks in season-long drafts, and, and Butler has that. Last one here, my Redskins drafted Dwayne Haskins, uh, Ohio State teammate, Terry McLaurin. As we talk about opportunity, like there's no one on the Redskins receiving core that scares you. McLaurin's got a real chance to start right away. Yeah, uh, I just did a draft, the FSGA draft yeah, yeah. we did uh, in in New York, and I, I realized after the fact, I mean, I had one or two on my radar, but no no uh, Redskins wide receivers got drafted. It's, you know, someone might sneak into relevance, whether it's Paul Richardson or, you know, Trey maybe, Quinn in PPR I, leagues, I think is interesting. Yeah. Maybe a deeper PPR leagues that Josh, Josh Doxson, I, I don't think is going to make that nope. move. Um, but you're right. McLaren could be lead their team in targets this season. It's very possible. He's their number one receiver at some point, obviously a lot of speed. And uh, again, he's a, he's a, you know, he's 23 and a half years old. Like he, uh, he's a little more polished than some other players coming into the league. So, um, those are the guys that sometimes you see make a quick leap, like uh, John Brown, for example, a few years ago. So uh, that's it's going to be interesting to watch his progress in the coming months. Let's move on to the running back situation here. And Devin Singletary is kind of interesting. He lands in Buffalo, which wants to probably be more run-heavy than they want to. And then you think there's a little Sean McCoy on last legs, Frank Gore, the ageless Frank Gore. But again, as we talk about sort of second half of the year, could there be some injuries? Could there be some opportunity Devin Singletary is a guy that doesn't seem to be getting a lot of love in the fantasy community, and I feel like should be on more people's radars. Yeah, fell to round three, did not have a good combine, but uh, pretty effective at the college level at Florida Atlantic. Uh, again, it's hard to fall in love with him this season because he may need multiple injuries to make a, an impact in fantasy, and it might not be a very high-scoring offense up there in Buffalo. So again, Gore is going to play. LaShawn McCoy, they say he's going to make the team. TJ Yeldon's there. It's, it's tough to see in the short term, but... Come 2020, he could be their feet. He could be their lead well, also, back. But by so. the way, if the, if the team, this is a team that was third in, in, uh, third in red zone rush percentage last season. And if they, if they fall out of it, which certainly could happen, right? I mean, they're going to be in the AFC East once again. And 
Um, if, uh, you know, if, if, if the Jets or Miami do anything right, you know, my, you know, obviously the Patriots are going to be the Patriots. So Buffalo is really just competing for a wild card spot. At that point, like, could you see them? Look, the future ain't LaShawn McCoy and it's not Frank Gore. So you could see again, second half of the year, you could see Singletary. I think get some run. Is he going to be a startable fantasy running back in for multiple weeks in the second half of the season? Probably. Oh, I think I, there's I a chance. I, I would predict us ranking him in the top 20 at running back a few times in the second half of the season. But again, he may be in healthy scratch to start the season. It's possible. One guy that I think absolutely must be drafted in every fantasy league is Daryl Henderson. And the reason is, for among other reasons, Todd Gurley is going to be drafted in every single fantasy league. And if you ha- draft Todd Gurley, I would recommend highly you reach for Daryl Henderson. Yeah, the problem is his ADP, which has crept up to around round seven crazy. or so in, in 12-teamers, maybe a pinch lower in 10-teamers, but it's too much. I took early in that draft I just mentioned in round two, and I knew they they asked me. I was interviewed on, on the radio right when they asked, and I said, I probably won't get Henderson. I'm just, there's going to be too much talent on the board when yeah. he's going. So I just, uh, I did not end up taking him. Maybe that bites me, but again, just, uh, it's hard to take a backup at that point uh, based on reports right now on Gurley, which are positive. Yeah, it it just depends on sort of are you a handcuff guy or not. But look, I mean, Sean McVay has At described him. As, yeah. Sean McVay has, has described him as a little bit Lance Dunbar. He's always described him as as a guy that like the most explosive guy coming out of college. To me, I think that there's potential in deeper leagues for Daryl Henderson to have value, even if Todd Gurley's healthy, because they want to limit his touches. So, could you see Daryl Henderson in a Sean McVay offense get eight touches a game? Something like that. I think it's possible. I think it's also possible they come into week one. Gurley gets 20 touches. Malcolm Brown gets five carries. Henderson gets three carries and maybe four targets. And then that's the plan for a few weeks. And and maybe maybe his role expands. But I just think round six, I mean... Think round about it, round tough. six, round seven. Think about some of the guys going in that area, like a Will Fuller or, you know, Sterling Shepard, D.D. Westbrook. Uh, you're talking uh, Latavius Murray's off, obviously. Uh, yep. Miles Sanders. I mean, there's just a lot of guys that you can feel better about starting. A the lot hype, of guys you can feel better about starting uh, in that range. If you're wondering why there's so much hype on him, that is why. I agree with you. He's, it's a little pricey where he's going. But I will say, I think the kid's absolutely legit. And you couldn't ask for a better situation. Like, again, the, the, it depends on... Depends on how lucky you feel with Todd Gurley there. Yep. Uh, we talked about Josh Jacobs a lot. Let's talk about his college teammate, Damian Harris, who lands in New England. We all know the deal with New England running backs, but there's some concern in the offseason about Sony Michelle's knees. James White is locked into a passing down role, and it seems like they want Rex Burkhead just for, you know, special teams and gadget stuff. So it's the Patriots. There's a chance Damian Harris has a real role this year. It's possible. I think it's going to take an injury. I think, you know, we, we see Sony Michelle is back and yep. working out. I think he'll be the primary ball carrier for this team. And he also helps with returns. So Michelle, I think, is going to sustain a pretty big role. Then again, it would not surprise me if Harris was, you know, we, we just said this with some other guys, if he's a healthy scratch to start the season. I, I think that's very much a possibility. And that's why it makes it tough for me to draft him right now, because I just don't see a short-term path to uh, production here. He's no more than a handcuff and should be taken late. But again, he's going Closer to the, you know, round, the round 10 to 12 range. And, and at high. that point, it's a little early for me. A little early for me. But in terms of flyers, I do think he's interesting, as is Justice Hill, who's a talented player. He, look, it's going to be a run heavy offense. Mark Ingram has, hasn't always been the healthiest guy. Again, he's going to need an injury because we expect Mark Ingram to carry the bulk of the work here. But Justice Hill is sort of an interesting late flyer or best ball target. Good dynasty hold there. You have Ing- Ingram, uh, again, is the feature back, as you mentioned. He could catch the ball, too. Gus Edwards is already, you know, he said he thinks he's getting a pretty substantial role, too, as a ball carrier. 
Who knows if Kenneth Dixon's going to stick around? Probably looking a little dicey right now. You know, even if Hill is the the change of pace back to Ingram, is that enough to get to fantasy relevance in this offense? I don't think so. Keep in mind, by the way, this team during Lamar Jackson's eight starts last season only called pass three times inside the three yard line. That's why their running backs only had four rushing touchdowns. You may remember that if you had yep. Gus Edwards in your lineup. So I'm uh, just not sure the opportunity is very good short term Hill here for uh, for Justice Hill. Uh, I no pun intended. Loved the pick for Washington when they grabbed Bryce Love. See what you did there. But I can't, you know, he's somebody that's dealing with injuries, and as long as Darius Geis, Adrian Peterson, and Chris Thompson are there, hard for me to see Bryce Love getting any sort of uh, fantasy relevance this year. Yeah, small back may start on PUP. Again, you mentioned Geis. I also drafted him. In that, oh, in that there you league. go. There you go. Liking this team more and more. <laughs> Chris Thompson, you're right. They, they And you mentioned Peterson. So, uh, yeah, a lot of mouths to feed there. I think uh, he's a, a long-term hold here for the Redskins. Alexander Madison is an interesting guy just because of Dalvin Cook's injury history. And there's not really any, and the fact that Latavius Murray moved on to New Orleans. I mean, you know, does Mike Boone or Rock Thomas scare you there in Minnesota? Madison was the only player in the nation with all of the following the past two years. 1,000 rushing yards, 12 rushing touchdowns, 25 receptions. Remember, Vikings sixth in rush percentage under Kevin Stefanski last year as our offense coordinator. Remember, uh, they fired D. Filippo and they went to more of a run heavy offense towards the end of last season. Mike Zimmer wants to run the ball. Yeah. You're, you're, uh, you, you touched on pretty much all the important things. He's the handcuff here for Cook most likely. So in 12 team leagues, maybe you take that late flyer, especially since Cook has missed about half of his games in the NFL so far. Quickly now, let's talk to, uh, let's move on to rookie tight ends. Just a couple of minutes left here. I mentioned him earlier. Noah Fant, uh, Again, I don't think any redraft value here. I don't have a lot of confidence in in Joe Flacco, but he's a smooth player. Yeah, no doubt. I have him projected for 48 catches. He comes in at tight end 20 in the projections sure. right now. So again, two tight end leagues. You're liking him, but again, it's extremely hard for rookie tight ends to make an impact. You could say, well, if there's a chance, he's really talented. He was first round. I'll take my chances, but you're better off betting against that and going another direction. So for me, uh, like you said, great dynasty asset, not good in the short term. Uh when I interviewed Irv Smith Jr. at the rookie premiere, he mentioned that Kirk Cousins was texting him, and, and Kirk had told him that Irv Smith reminded Kirk of Jordan Reed. And they talked about all the stuff that, obviously, uh, Reed and Cousins had uh, accomplished in Washington. The Kyle Rudolph contract hurts Irv Smith's immediate value, but I think he's a really interesting dynasty guy. No doubt, and he's also only 20 years old right now. He doesn't turn 21 for another two months. Extremely young. It's it's hard enough for tight ends to make an impact as rookies. This guy's extremely young, and like you said, they extended Kyle Rudolph. So he'll be a situational target this year, well off the fantasy radar, again, in, in, uh, in the short term. Irv Smith Jr. scored on 17% of his receptions in college. 17% of the time he scored a touchdown when he was catching a ball in college. Guy that I loved watching because, you know, I grew up in College Station, so the college team I always make sure I watch is Texas A&M. And Jay Sternberger, 10 touchdown receptions, and just in an uneven year under Jimbo Fisher for the Aggies offense, Jay Sternberger was the one guy that was consistent game in, game out. And he lands in Green Bay which could use a good tight end, all due respect to the ghost of Jimmy Graham. Yeah, caught 48 of his 51 catchable targets last last season. Speaking of reliable, not didn't yeah. get great quarterback play there. Uh, no, but, he did not. He, uh, he, he had, a, he had a freshman. He had a freshman as there a quarterback. Yeah. When it was on yeah, target, Kellen though, he, he made it happen. So again, more of a, a dynasty guy, barring a Graham injury, not going to land on the fantasy radar. And even if Graham goes down, it's gonna he's going to be hard-pressed in an Aaron Rodgers-led offense that, again, all those years has not really been really kind to the tight ends. We'll quickly uh, 
wrap up with quarterback. None of these guys are relevant for redraft. We, we, we all agree. Kyler Murray, the only rookie you want in redraft this year, but let's talk about Dwayne Haskins of my Washington Redskins. I was thrilled when he fell to the Redskins. I know there's some questions because the only 14 games, but to me, 50 touchdowns is 50 touchdowns, especially when you're playing for Ohio State. No doubt. We get so caught up with the athleticism and the running these days, but uh, the guy could stand in the pocket and make some throws. So uh, I kept him number two on my board, even though you saw him falling. And, of course, Daniel Jones was drafted earlier, and some people like Drew Locke. But uh, I'm really intrigued with him as a passer. From a fantasy standpoint, though, I'm probably not going to draft him in any format because... You know, he's going to have to be an elite passer like a Phillip Rivers just to get close to tight end one value because he's he doesn't not gonna run, run the ball at all. Run. And that's so important. If you never run at all and you get like 50 rushing yards a season, it's extremely hard to get into that top 12. Again, Rivers, a great example of that. Yeah, I think he's going to be, I think he tops that as a QB2. I will say that I think, look, I think the Redskins this year, especially when you think about their receiving core, they want to run the ball. They want to run the ball and play good defense. I mean, they actually have a sneaky good defense. Um, if everyone can stay healthy, which so far that has not been the case. But, uh, but Haskins, big arm. And I, st- again, I'm six foot. Like I'm not a, you know, s- small guy. Not that I'm big, but like I'm in, like I'm literally, I, I stand, ne- I've interviewed a lot of NFL athletes in my time and I'm rarely like, whoa, how, we're a different species. Like he is a massive guy. Like he is, he's like Big Ben territory. Just when you talk about just kind of his frame, like he is a big, big guy. And so when you talk about just sort of being able to stand in the pocket, pocket, uh, rocket arm, uh, I think Haskins is a good fit for Jay Gruden's offense. Let's, you mentioned Daniel Jones. Let's move on to him. Like he could start this year. I mean, I think Haskins is going to start, but I don't think he use him in any format. Same with Daniel Jones. Yeah, yeah, Jones and uh yeah, probably Drew Locke as well. Those guys may start down the stretch uh this season, but um it's hard to get overly excited though. I'll say this, I just uh, not to, you know, I'm I'm going to promote my own myself here, but sure. ESPN Plus article came out today. I broke all the most relevant there's 36 quarterbacks, I believe, uh into tiers, five tiers based on their rushing contributions. I actually put Jones at the bottom of tier 2. So if he Interesting. if he jumps in there and is starting, maybe he can do some things with his legs, maybe not to a Josh Allen extent, but could be sneaky there and uh kind of slip into the into the fantasy discussion in the second half if he replaces Eli Manning as we expect him to do. So keep an eye on that. Just a sneaky runner and and could uh, give him a little bit of fantasy relevance. Great stuff as always. Mike, your dynasty rankings are available on ESPN.com. We will check out the ESPN Plus article. A reminder, of course, you can subscribe to ESPN Plus in the ESPN app or just subscribe to rotopass.com and get a subscription to ESPN Plus where you can watch my TV show, read Mike's articles and all that. Go to ebay.com slash ESPN or something. Nope. Okay. <laughs> I don't. I, it's not. Don't you would think that's Just what go it to is. eBay.com and search for ESPN. If you go on to uh, our fantasy site, ESPN.com/slash/fantasy, one of the top tiles in the upper right is a link that will take you to all of the V Foundation. There links. you go. Go to ESPN.com/slash/fantasy and search for the ad for the V Foundation uh, SB experiences and go and bid on all of those. And of course, tickets go on sale July third, Wednesday morning, July third, ten a.m. Eastern. We are going to St. Andrews Hall in Detroit. On Tuesday, July 30th, show starts at 7.30. Come see the whole gang there in Detroit. LiveNation.com, Ticketmaster.com, or com. Coming up a little bit later, I will record my 100 facts you need to know before you draft. That article is also available on ESPN.com. Check it out. Follow Daniel Dopp on Twitter and give him crap. Actually, no, no. Give him shit for um, uh, not being here and doing the job. The show that made him. For forgetting this his roots. True. I mean, this and, is true. I mean, it's unbelievable. The, the lack of loyalty 
that this man has shown uh, me and you, Michael. So uh, follow Mike on Twitter, at MikeClayNFL. Follow Daniel on Twitter, at Daniel.Follow. Tw- uh, Mike's also at MikeClayNFL on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Daniel is at Something to Break on IG. I am at MatthewBerryTMR on all forms of social media, with the exception of the Fantasy Life app. There I am just at Matthew Berry. For Thirsty Kyle, for the Statipiller, Damian Dabreski, for... Mike Clay NFL and Secret Squirrel. I'm Matthew Berry. We will see you later. Peace out. You're in the 06010. Never gonna hustle in case you didn't know. Matthew Berry TMR. You, 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 you guys go ahead. Give me grief for being on Sports Center for 45 seconds. I think you could do better than me because I don't think you could. Jail you're, you're, you're terrible at hashtag improv. At, 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 at field gates. At field gates. Still find your bell. Oh, don't let Barry convert you. Secret squirrel, Daniel Dunn. Make, 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 make it happen. Mediocre fantasy advice. You're older than people realize. That never stops. Loyal 06010 list. Geico knows there are many reasons why you ride. From the camaraderie of the other bikers, a band of brothers, always there for you, rain or shine, to the amazing savings you get with Geico on your motorcycle insurance and accessories coverage all year round. But for Bucky Hornhill, it was one reason in particular. It was my helmet hair. I was born with helmet hair. I've tried to cut it a bunch of times, even buzzing it, but it immediately just goes back to helmet hair. Geico Motorcycle. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.